Hey guys, I'm Tyler Valencia. And I'm Tate Ledbetter. And, and this, this is Street, Street Legal. Legal. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things auto tech. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Uh, welcome back, guys, to the Street Legal Podcast. I'm Tyler Valencia. I'm Tate Ledbetter. And today we have Mr. Seymour from room 1264. How are you doing, Mr. Seymour? I'm doing great, Valencia. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on today, kid, kids. You're welcome, yeah. Uh, Mr. Seymour, we have a couple questions for you today. All right. Um, yeah. So, to start, how did you first get into cars? Oh, geez. Uh, that takes me way back. Um, I think like most most uh, most people, you know, something in your life kind of really kicks you, kickstarts you into the, the love of cars. Because really, you know, you don't just like cars. Um, you really love them. Um so mine started when I was young. My dad was uh, president of Colorado Street Rod Association. So we, when I was growing up, we did a lot of traveling with the car club um, all over Colorado. Uh, my dad had a 1936 Ford uh, flatback and my mom had a 1957 uh, four door. Uh, it was, again, driving around in those cars as a little kid um, you know, both of them, my dad was an engine guy, so he built all the engines for them too. So they were pretty fast, you know, so a young kid sitting in the back seat, you know, no seat belts when I was a kid. I mean, there were seat belts, but you just didn't wear them, you know, but it was just really filling the wind down, no AC really, wind, windows down, filling the, the, uh, air going through, through the hair, you know, hitting you in the face. It was just and there was nothing like it hearing the roar of the motor you know you could feel it in your chest when you know it fires up and you just feel that 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 rumble you know and as a as a young kid being around that um there's not really there's not a lot of feelings like it right there's there's certain things that you can do that can come close but yeah just really idolizing my dad watching my dad just you know, do things on cars. I was too young when he was doing a lot of that to really get involved with it with him, but really just, yeah, the family trips and, and every weekend was cars. That's really awesome. So along with that, um, what kind of experience do you have with cars? So outside of that, um, growing up, I didn't really do a whole lot of um, working on cars. My, my brother, my oldest brother was more into him than I was. Of course, you know, he was, he did a lot more of the work with my dad. I was just like a part, part and tool hander. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't get a, really get involved in that side of it a lot until I joined the military when I was 21. I uh, joined the military at 21 out of, um, had a lot of different jobs to choose from. And one of the jobs I was able to choose from, choose was a, it's called a 63 Sierra, which was a heavy wheeled vehicle mechanic. Um, so what that entailed is working on uh, Hammets, uh, Hets, Het trailers, uh, 916s, which is basically the Army's version of a semi-truck. Um, and of course, while I was in the military, I worked on a ton of other equipment from track vehicles uh, to generators and forklifts and stuff like that so uh, you know 20 years of the military working on that stuff i just it just really emphasized 
or um, I would say the 20 years in the military actually just helped grow that love that I had as a kid um, even more learning more about the you know vehicles and cars and how they operate you know not just driving them so uh, that it, yeah that's that's how I that's how I got here <laughs> really nice really nice um, so through all your years you know from childhood all the way up to now uh, do you have like a favorite car that you've ever worked on or like tinkered with Oh, favorite car that I tinkered with. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because really the favorite car that I ever tinkered with is going to be a military vehicle. Um, I was a wrecker operator for three years in Germany, driving all over Germany in a, in a Hemet wrecker, a 984A1 is what it was actually called. And, um, you know, 70, 70, 87,000 miles, I think I put on it in three years. And so that was my favorite. It drives well, um, as long as you keep up with the maintenance. It's one of the best vehicles ever made, I believe. Um, yeah, that's that's absolutely it right there. Um, and it, yeah, you know, again, it was my it was my baby. I got it with 17 miles on it. I unpacked all of the chains, all of the hookups, all of the the. Uh, air compressor core uh cables the i mean you name it again it was mine it was it was i was the first one to actually operate it fully and i was so good at my job when i was doing it that again it was my baby you know i took care of it nobody could drive it except for me you know um i was a specialist e4 in the army and i had uh sergeant first classes E7s, even warrant officers that would ask me for my keys or if somebody else could drive it because everybody knew that that was my car. Um, so, or my truck, I should say. Um, so that's really, that's my favorite. If I could buy one right now, I'd I'd buy it in a heartbeat and drive it down the road. Yeah, that, that is, that is absolutely it. Yeah, you guys, um, if you don't know what it, if that, what it is, you should definitely look it up because they are very cool vehicles. Um, so can you describe what Autotech auto looks like on a daily basis from your perspective? Um, so it really just depends on, on what class. So the class that you guys are in, um, on a perspective for me, it just, it's keeping y'all busy. Uh, it's keeping the jobs coming in so that you can, and, and different types of jobs so that we can keep your, um, keep you guys trying new things. Um, there's only so much we can do in a classroom environment in an hour and a half. Um, so, uh, it's really trying to find those specific jobs that you guys can still learn on. Um, and, and even just really passing on a little bit of understanding and knowledge that I can pass on to, to my students, um, watching you guys grow is probably the most rewarding thing that I do in this job. Uh, seeing the future of technicians and being able to be a part of the training and development of the next generation of technicians is, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, on a daily basis, it's, it just depends on what we're doing. Auto tech one there, you know, it's, it's a classroom environment for the most part because they got to learn how not just 
how to change a part, but actually why are we doing it? How do we understand how it actually functions with everything else within that system, right? You know, it's easy to go out and say, okay, this is broken and I need to change it. Um, you know, turn the wrench a little bit, pull it off, put another, you know, put a new one on. But do I know why? Do I know, you know, why did it break? Um, how do I maintain it to keep it from breaking more? You know, understanding just the whole concepts of how everything communicates with each other, whether it's mechanical communication or electronic communication or hydraulic communication, you know, just un teaching students more than just okay, I'm going to go change a part. That's really cool, Mr. Seymour. Right. Uh, next question. What are like some of the qualities and like skills and stuff that people or students should possess to like go far in auto tech? Oh gosh. I, you know, really just the, the want, um, I think is like the easiest, simplest term to put it into. Um, cause you know, if you want to understand or want to know or want to learn then your mind is open because um, a lot of times students that have some understanding that they come in I think sometimes don't even understand that there's so much more to it than than their their little picture so you know if they're open-minded and they have a want um, the ability for them to just connect to the things that I'm putting out there. I think I have a very, I would say I'm probably a little bit more, um, oh, geez, how do I say it? What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, for students to understand how I'm trying to get them to the end statement sometimes is not realized till they get there. Right. So <laughs> I have a, a very, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's, it's out of the norm. How I teach is a little bit different than your normal uh, auto tech teacher. Right. Um, I think I, I like to try and challenge the mind and get my students a lot of times to think outside of the box of a normal thing and it, and I ask a lot of questions before I even teach the subject so I don't expect my students to even understand the answers of what I'm asking but I'll ask it in a way that I'm trying to get them to to troubleshoot or or problem solve their themselves without knowing what I'm talking about so I'm not necessarily looking for a right answer you know wrong answers work well I'm really I try to challenge my students to really try and think about just the question and, and how do I say it? Sometimes I have to reword the question and stuff, but I do that before I even teach because when I actually start teaching it, I think sometimes the students and you guys are students. I mean, I'd like to hear how you all feel some of that, how that, some of that stuff goes on my, when, when I'm asking those questions prior to and how it makes you all think about things that you don't even know anything about yet. Right. Um, Sometimes you look at me dumbfounded, but there's always, I tell you all, it's all, there's always a method to my madness, right? Yeah. So while I'm doing it, it sounds completely <clears throat> mad and you're like, what is Mr. Seymour doing? Right. But when we get to the final, like aha moment for me to see that look on students' faces when they finally understand where we're, where we're going 
and they and you could just see it on their face of like oh my gosh now i get it right we just talked 15 minutes on this thing that i was completely you know didn't have a clue what it was and then now all of a sudden i got that aha moment right when i'm teaching it and now and because you're still thinking about those questions that i asked before so um i'd love to hear you know i know it's you guys asking me questions but i'd love to hear how you guys feel about how you know how i do some of those crazy kind of instructional pieces i mean it is different than the normal class setting because you know it's auto tech it is a different class uh, I think what you're doing is actually like really helpful towards me, at least. I don't know about Tate. I don't know about the other uh, people in Autotech, but it is a really fun way to learn because you are like making us think for ourselves. And I really, I really enjoy that having to like work for the uh, the solution. Right. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I definitely agree with that because when you give us a problem and we have no idea what we're doing, it forces us to, you know, research it and figure it out. Um, a good example from last year, we were studying electrical systems and there was something wrong with our Mustang. Nobody knew what it was because Mr. Seymour made something up, pulled something out or whatever. Um, and he told us to, you know, he showed us a couple of things, how to diagnose things and then made us look up um, all the diagrams and figure it out ourselves. So it does really force us to like learn well and is he, instead of he would just teach it, I think it would kind of go over people's heads. So I definitely do think it helps a lot. So I wanted uh, to know if you could clear up any misconceptions of like prerequisites or experience you have to have to join the class. So um, at this point in time, we've we've only got the Autotech 1 and Autotech 2. Um, I, I know the district is wanting to increase that to um, more classes offered at different levels, but at this current current moment, there's not really any prerequisites um, that have to be taken. Uh, th there's recommendations though, right? So if you're looking to go into automotive as as a an eighth grader or a ninth grader that's that's looking that this is a class you're going to go to, I would definitely suggest taking either like. Uh, AgMEC, where you're working with your hands, learning how to use some of the tools, you know, some of the tools they use or some of the similar tools that we'd use. Now, they're not all the same, but it's, it's you know, uh, you're learning how to kind of problem solve. How do I put these things together, right? So it's very similar to what we do. Um, I would also say engineering for sure, you know, robotics, um, getting into those programs because, you know, robotics, you're dealing with a lot of the, you know, you're dealing with gear ratios, you're dealing with electrical communication of you know telling something to do something else and then you know it sending a signal saying yes okay i received this and then something else has to do something right so um a lot of that the the stuff that you would the problem solving you would go through in those classes are going to be very similar to what you would go through in automotive so i'd say those are good classes to take um you can if 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 you're a ninth grader, eighth grader, or even a 10th grader, and this is a class that would have interested you as a younger age, you know, you know reach out to me. Because uh, the better, more data I can collect to try and create more classes will help in the long run too, you know. Um, the more students wanting to take creates more, uh, the, the need for more opportunities, right? So 
Um, the hope is that we can add an automotive basic in the future to at least go to a three-year program. And then that would absolutely be a prerequisite to AutoTech 1 and then AutoTech 2. But there, right now, there's the, the only prerequisite is AutoTech 2. You have to have AutoTech 1. So, Yeah, and I think it's important to know, too, for a lot of people who you know are interested in taking their class, um, you don't have to know anything about cars, right? Uh, no. Uh, <coughs> you know... Uh, like to i'm gonna go ahead and tell a little story if they're okay with that um tate who's who's on here with us you know uh, i remember him coming in last year with what do you want to what do you know about automotive nothing but i want to learn right so that that want again getting to that want you know and and now tate's you know tate's probably one of our most efficient uh students in the class uh knowledge i can go to him um even if he doesn't know it, I know I can give him a job because he's going to, he's going to ask me questions and he's going to research it. Um, there's no, there's no question that, um, tech, you know, Valencia is the same way, you know, um, Valencia came in with some more knowledge, a little bit more knowledge because he worked with his dad on his truck. But, you know, again, uh, as much knowledge as y'all have gained over the year, right. Because of the want. And, and again, I, you know, it's just that want. Like if you if you want if you want to be there, you want to learn. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do well, right? Because the knowledge, the the knowledge is there, right? For sure. Cool. Uh, one last question, Mr. Seymour. Uh, on our previous episode, we discussed some of the opportunities that Auto Tech can bring, right? Um, how many students do you think from your classes in previous years or whatnot uh, would you say have been placed right into certain jobs or internships right out of high school? Oh, certain jobs. Uh, think about that a little bit, but I know for sure we've got out of the 11 seniors I had last year, uh, we've got at least four, five that went straight into the workforce. Uh, we got one that actually started his own business doing car detailing. So, uh, that's pretty exciting, right? Um, something that we do in class that he was able to take and, and start his own business with. So that's pretty cool. I've yeah. uh, got uh, the rest of them went to college. Um, I don't know of any of my seniors, but maybe one or two. And I said, I said 11 at first, so I had 11 auto tech two seniors. So I did have some seniors in auto tech one that didn't continue on to auto tech two. And I, Two of them are working in the industry as well. Um, I have uh, almost every, like I said, almost every single one of my seniors has gone on to either college, community college, or are in the workforce. And when I say in the workforce, they're in the automotive workforce. Uh, there's three, four attending Colin College right now doing the automotive program. Uh, I've got a senior from uh, two years ago that's just completing UTI, uh, which if you're not familiar with UTI, UTI is one of the largest automotive technical schools for automotive in, in the country. Um, I've got one of my seniors, uh, the first, my, for me, my first female graduate who is in Idaho uh, at a collision uh, college. So she's going to school 
offer collision right now. So we don't offer collision here, but that's, she joined the program because that's what she wanted to get into. So, um, even though we don't have that field again, um, if you like, like to repair cars or rebuild cars, uh, our program's a great one to get involved in. Awesome. Um, I think that's it, right, Tate? Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today, Mr. So Seymour. let me ask y'all. Oh, y'all, never mind. <laughs> let me ask y'all, what, what, uh, what AS, entry-level ASUC certifications did y'all complete last year? Uh, I know for me, I completed the G1, right? G1 brakes, suspension, engine repair. Is that a five? I only did five last year. And electrical. So. And electrical. Yeah, that is right. Yeah. Electrical. Don't forget electrical. Yeah, that was a difficult test. I yeah. did pass electrical. I've got brakes, oh. steering, and suspension. G one. Yeah. Don't don't forget to to remember that you guys got a lot of accolades of stuff that you accomplished last year. Yeah. Some for <laughs> our fans out there, just to tell you about again another. I'm gonna brag on Tate before we go. Uh, last year, uh, Tate wanted to learn how an alternator works. So <laughs> oh, Tate, yeah. Tate pretty much uh, took a, an entire alternator apart and did a bunch of research. And so when we were in electrical portion, he was just talking about how difficult electrical was. Right. And uh, he, it's so funny. So he probably had no idea I was going to do this to him. So I made him do a bunch of research, had him, had him, had him getting prepared for a whole bunch of stuff. And we're in electrical and I knew he wasn't really excited about electrical a little worried about electrical but i ended up making him give a class on how an alternator works and he he probably actually did it as good of a job as as i could have done even he even actually came up with some stuff that i actually learned from him it's kind of funny just because you know times change a little bit sometimes but uh yeah he's <laughs> Tate, tate's one that you give him something so is so is valencia they're they're ones that you give them something and they're gonna go above and beyond on uh getting it done so i know i can count on the two of them so you, you for for any fans that we can grow out here or that they can grow out here i just want to say y'all are listening to two students that are really um are two students in automotive industry that are going to do everything they can to bring you quality work because they're not going to do anything halfway so uh, I would tell you from week to week, they're probably going to come up with some new information for y'all every week. So if you're listening and you got some stuff, bring it to them, right? Bring, bring them some stuff, challenge, challenge these two. Cause I can tell you, they know I'm going to challenge them in the class to do some stuff. So if you're not doing it, I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ready All for right. that? Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. I love challenges. Uh, hopefully you, I know you're ready. So. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, Thank so you so much, Mr. You. Seymour. It's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Who's, um, who you got coming up next? Do you, do you guys got somebody next that you're going to come in or you got some topics that you're going up, going to go over? Didn't Tate, didn't you say like the North Texas Speedway guy wanted to come on? Yeah. So I think what we're going to do next is try to get a time scheduled with the, um, head of the Texas Motor Speedway Roy competition. Plumley. Yeah, yeah, Roy Plume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's right. I remember you talking to me about that. So um, remind me about that so we can help, I can help you uh, make get that scheduled with him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he's, he's part of the, he's the uh, president of the North, I 
think he's the president or director or whatever. He's in charge of doing the uh, setting up everything for the North Texas Automobile Dealers Association. So any of the dealers in North Texas, he's involved with. So that'll be a great, uh, that'll be a great interview. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, we briefly described it in the last episode, but hopefully we can get way more in-depth on that. Yeah, especially since I'm probably going to be competing there. Yeah, you summer. are. Yeah, yeah, Probably, unless you do something stupid. Uh, yeah, you should be <laughs> yeah, we should wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Street Legal. Once again, I'm Tyler Valencia. I'm Tate Ledbetter. And uh, I'm Mr. Seymour. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, have a great day, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the episode of Street Legal. We'll see you next time, and don't forget to wear your seatbelt.